If you like to gamble, I tell you I'm your man. You win some, lose some, it's all the same to me. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Motorcast, the official Motorhead podcast. I am your host, Howard H. Smith. You may know me as lead singer of UK thrash band Acid Rain. You may also know me by my uh, heavy metal podcast, Talking Bollocks. If you see my name highlighted in the description of this podcast, that's because it is a link and you can click there and go and listen to a load of my podcasts if you want. But here I am your guide through all things Motorhead. Welcome back, if you've listened before. Welcome if this is your first time. It's lovely to have you all here. We've been getting some great feedback. Really appreciate that, guys. And please do remember to share the podcast. Let people know what they're missing out on. Because I know there's quite a few people out there who are, who are still you know, a little bit unsure. Just tell them, have a listen, you're going to enjoy it, you're going to hear stories you've never heard anywhere else from people you've never heard from before, it's a real behind the scenes gem, check me out doing doing my sales routine. And of course, if you're listening to this, no matter where you're listening to it, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast, that way a new episode appears every two weeks in your device, you don't have to do anything, all you have to do is download it or stream it, it's entirely up to you. So um, we are focusing uh, mainly on the Ace of Spades period because obviously the Ace of Spades was re-released towards the end of last year and it is available in all sorts of wonderful formats with amazing bits and pieces, hundreds of unheard tracks and everything else. I'm sure you've all got a copy. Well, if you need to know any more, just nip to imotorhead.com. There you will see everything you need to know about Motorhead, all the various channels, including a link to this very podcast. So, who have we got on this week? Well, um, it is Robert Kiwik or Kiwik. I do apologise, Robert, if you're listening. Um, Robert is from Sweden and a long-time um, friend to the band and Lemmy, as you're going to hear, quite the most bizarre um, circumstances that led to them actually meeting. Um, and as is a, a sign of the man, um, uh, you know, after one meeting they became friends and it was a friendship that was to last pretty much until uh, Lemmy's final days. So let's not waste any more time listening to me. Let's get stuck in to this interview with Robert. Got to ask, how did your involvement with Motorhead come about? Um, well, um, my, my, my first involvement really was I, I participated uh, in the um, Don't Forget Your Toothbrush show in 1995. Um, and that was like there was like a, a super fan contest, and um, uh, Alan Burridge, who's the uh, Motorhead Bangers um, chief. The fan club chief. He uh, he asked me to participate at the time, and uh, yeah, that was my my first uh, sort of real live encounter with Lemmy. Uh, even though I'd been a fan for like uh, was it 16 years prior to that, and um, yeah, so that was like the, the first time, and then we had a super fan contest. But basically, that went out at 9 p.m. in the evening, and uh, we sort of first met from uh, from midday. So we had a long day together uh with a couple of friends and crew members and stuff it was really good wow so was that was that in the uk yeah it was yeah it was a channel four program with chris evans 
Yeah, no, I, I mean, it, it it was syndicated all around the world. So I was just wondering if you'd if it was you know the the, the Swedish version that yeah. you'd uh, that you'd been on, but you know you'd made it over here. Yeah, it was the original one. Yeah, yeah. No, it was good. I was I was in uh, in the UK at the time, so I, I lived and worked in the UK at the time, and um, so uh, that sort of made it easier. Yeah. And um, and so your first experience was was kind of it was actually kind of almost spending the day with Lemmy by the sounds of it. Yeah, that was like my first experience, sort of let's say um, getting to know uh, Lemmy or meet with Lemmy. I mean, I my my, my really my first experience ever was uh, hearing the Overkill track uh, on on Dutch radio back in 1979. Um, and then I remember the week there was there used to be a, a program, radio program for 90 minutes um, that was called the, the Concrete Hour, translated into English. And um, you know they played that track and in the full version, the full five minutes of it. And then the week after he played it again. And then I remember going out to the record shop uh, the next day and uh, and buy the album. So that was. My my real first introduction with Motorhead, uh, although even though it took me uh, then uh, sixteen years to uh, to meet uh, with Lemmy, yeah. Wow, yeah, but I mean, what a, what a what an experience that that is. Spend you know spending the day with Lemmy. I, mean, I can imagine people listening will will be absolutely um, amazed that you know you you had that opportunity. It sounds like um, every fan's dream. Yeah, in, in in many ways it was because I remember I was asked like uh, two days before the show, and uh, Alan said to me, "He said, Robert, it's going out live. You know, you might <laughs> you have to answer questions live on TV." And I said, "Do you want it?" So I don't care. So I just would like to meet the man. So I'll put up with that. Um, so uh, and indeed, it was really good because um, he's uh, you know and, and always has been an amazing human being, a very kind and generous and polite. Uh, man and um, he, he made me very much at ease that day and uh, I remember it was just uh, before the Sacrifice album was going to be released and um, you know he, he, he made us listen to the uh, the full album and um, you know and then we had a lot of chats about a lot of things but not just about say Motorhead and, and, uh, but also general topics and you know he always liked that type of thing as well so it was very good it was the start of a of a long friendship, and uh, I suppose before you know before this all started, you had no idea uh, how it could evolve. But um, you know, over the years, we became really good friends. Yeah, that's uh, that's amazing, and 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 again, uh, you know, very similar things have appeared. There's a real there's a real thread through all the interviews that I've been doing, which um, they all seem to be. Um, well, everybody references what a what a, what just what a genuinely nice person he was. Yeah, I think you know it was um, and and things. Oh, I mean, I have obviously many many examples. Yeah, that could be uh, on tour uh, where he would welcome you in his dressing room. Um, it could be. I mean, I I was lucky enough uh, to 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 visit LA on on numerous times over the years. And I, I must have visited at his apartment, or both apartments, he, he a new one over the last couple of years. Uh, and I'm not exaggerating, maybe 30 times over the years, you know. So, and, and, and the nice thing was, he would always say, well, Rob, just give me a call. 
and uh, we'll, 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 you know, we'll, we'll schedule something. And then I would do that when I got into town. And then, um, you know, that's what always happens. He, he never not, um, um, you know, invited me. So it was very, very good um, in that respect. And had some amazing times, some amazing experiences. Just you know, even just being at his uh, his pad in in West Hollywood. Yeah. Well, yeah, very nice, very nice. Um, so, um, well, you know, you know, tell tell us about some of those times. Um, you know, well, if you've got a few minutes. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, um, I remember the first time I actually went backstage. There was a that was a German gig in in '95, and um, uh, they, after the uh, two for shows, a few months later, and. Uh, my members on the guest list picked up my pass and literally I mean, spent about three hours uh, with him before the show, uh, saw the sound check, and uh, that was the beginning of, say, many of, of similar experiences. Um, you know, and there was always a thing of courtesy as well, so we always tried to make sure that, um, you know, we did did the right thing. You know, if there was another guest, we'd, we'd leave, you know, um, and sort of never sort of impose ourselves um, because it was his home away from home, you know. So, um, you know, it sort of always worked like that, and it didn't matter whether it was in Germany or the UK or America, and, I mean, being all over the world with these, uh, you know, people. So it's fantastic experiences, really. So how, I mean, you know, so you've obviously, sort of, like I said, travelled traveled the world, um, watching Motorhead and, and, and hanging out yeah. with um, how I mean, did that you know was how was that possible? Did you you know did your did your job enable travel or or were you just it was it just a case of I am gonna try and follow this band everywhere I can? It was basically a matter of let's say uh, following the uh, the band and then use your holidays to to do it and um, sometimes you know once or twice it might have coincided with uh, having to be in, in in for example Germany in those days. Uh, where where I needed to do a job, but even so, um, it never affected um, my, my my work or my performance. But um, mainly, it was around holidays or in during the festivals. We would go weekend to I don't know Madrid or uh, Milan or you know in, in, in everywhere really. Uh, so and we just we would just do those things, yeah. And um, yeah, book a hotel, travel, and um, then just meet up. You know, sometimes you meet up at the, the band's hotel, um, uh, but of course, all the time at, at those festival places or even concerts. Yeah. And um, during those times, did you did you get to know? I mean, presumably you got to know other the other members of the band as well. Well, absolutely. I mean, I know she's talking about Lemmy. That was the first introduction, um, but also um, uh, Phil Campbell and, and Mickey D. Um, and we also became good friends with them because uh, visited Campbell a couple of times uh, in Wales at his house, knew his family, played football with them. Um, you know, Mickey uh, also, I mean, he arranged for us during a Scandinavia tour in Gothenburg, you know, go to this and this place, mention my name, and, you know, we were treated like kings. Um, so seen him since a few times with the Scorpions, and he's always happy to see you, and also know his family and you know it's it's very good so um they you know it was a very sort of tight knit group of people um you know it was like a family really 
Yeah, they're, they're all part of the Motorhead family and, and extended family as well, by the sounds of it. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. And uh, I think, you know, the people that were in the family knew that you were in it. Um, but of course, um, you know, I think also people tried to, to treat each other always with respect, so that was a, was an important thing. I mean, ultimately, we always um, sort of knew knew our place. You know, we, we were super fans that were at an event. And, um, you know, you, you know, sometimes uh, it's, it's better. Yeah, for example, if you went, went to a London uh, show, for example, it was very difficult to meet anybody um, <laughs> after the show because there were like 500 people there. So yeah. uh, we just sort of um, said our goodbyes before the show and said, uh, you know, we'll see you at the next one rather than after the show, that kind of thing. And and believe you and me, as somebody who's in a band myself, I think you know backstage etiquette is is absolutely crucial, um, and um, and that that goes a long way because people who turn up in the dressing room and make a fool of themselves or drink too much and all the rest of it um, yeah. re- rarely get invited back again. Well, absolutely, and uh, I know Lem once said to us, the thing with you guys is you always know when to leave. Yeah, so, <laughs> I, I, don't, I, I don't have to tell you. So, yeah, he, he actually, you know, he said that several times, um, and it's, uh, you know, it was always like um, a machine. In, 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 he knew what we were going to do. Yeah, so um, we were reliable, and, and 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 you know that sort of over over time gained his trust, but also the other guys, you know. And they were always very welcoming. Really pleased to see you and come in or have a drink and whatever, you know. So it was good stuff. Yeah, and, and the thing is, you, you, you do also, you pick up kind of, um, you kind of pick up keys as well, don't you? So you, uh, I'm, I'm sure you, you'd you kind of know, right, okay, it's, you know, it's about an hour and a half to stage time here or, you know, let's let's get out of the hair. Yeah, most of the time it was closer than that. But <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but um, you know we, we knew, yeah, and um, so that that was an important thing, and um, you know I think it, it helped everybody really. Uh, without a doubt, without a doubt, because and and again, I, I, I absolutely get what he said to you about um, you know it, it being easy for him and you guys knowing you know just knowing what to do and where to be and and, and more importantly what not to do. Um, means that it's it's less stressful for him. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, sometimes, you know, we'd be in the dressing room, we'd read his book, and uh, we'd just have a chat amongst ourselves, and then, you know, he was obviously really engaged in the book, and then, okay, we get up, and I run, thank you, and uh, we'll see you later. And then uh, the same with the other guys, you know. We, we would be in there, and if it was convenient... We would chat, and if it wasn't, then uh, we wouldn't. You know, there was always a next time. So because there, you know, we would do say UK tours. I mean, would, I don't know, God knows how many shows on that tour. So you, there was always another day. You know, so it was never an issue. Is is there any is there any particular tour or um, or particular shows that 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 stand out in your memory? Uh, absolutely. I mean, there's, there's several. I mean, obviously, the first one I ever did was in May 1980 in Holland. It was a festival. It was the first time ever, and you'll never forget that. So um, that's always a standout one, and it was great. Um, uh, some some others that are 
Uh, I remember a few at, at Hammersmith. Hammersmith is always a special occasion, of course. Um, I also remember Rock in Rio uh, in 2011. That was a very special one. Uh, so I was on the side of the stage, and then for the encore, uh, James Hetfield stood right next to me, and there was only three people there. Um, and he was just banging his head to overkill, and, and I was our ace of spades in overkill in that order, which was great to see, you know. Um, but of course, never bothered him. But it was, you know, just a fantastic experience to to be there and and, and see that happening. Um, there was a, a Hyde Park uh, 2006 with uh, Dave Grohl. Um, who invited us to his dressing room because we'd met with him in LA backstage a few months earlier. And um, then um, um, uh, after the show, he did a barbecue and he was cooking his own food. And, you know, it was a, it was a great time, you know. So those kind of things were very, very special. Wow. I mean, I, I'm, I'm sat here drooling at those stories. I've just got, the, I've just got this image of, this image of uh, Hetfield, you know, just stood there headbanging side stage. Yeah. That's, that's an absolute winner. Yeah, and it was great, you know, so because it, you saw what it meant to him. And, and, yeah. so, so those kind of shows that, you know, sort of stand out for me, but I've probably forgotten some because I've seen so many. But also some, yeah, yeah, yeah but, but yeah, but that that's an absolute. That must have been very. Uh, that must have been completely surreal, though. You know, obviously, in your peripheral vision, you become aware of somebody, you know, to the right or to the left of you, sort of really freaking out and headbanging, and you and and you look yeah. a bit closer, and it's James Hatfield. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was just standing right next to me. Yeah, I mean, you so, okay, <laughs> you know. Um, but it was great because I, I remember seeing James uh, in, in, I think, 84, and um, the whole of Metallica sort of jumped uh, into the crowd. Uh, and after the show, they, they would do that. That was still with Cliff. And it was interesting because at Glastonbury with Motorhead in 2015, in Lemmy's dressing room after the show, and uh, Lars Ulrich walked in. And um, I actually mentioned that show to him from 1984, and he remembered it, you know. So it was, uh, and, and Lem was just sitting there and looking at us, what are they talking about? So it was, <laughs> that was another, uh, yeah, uh, great memory. Also the fact that they managed to play at Glastonbury, you know, was fantastic. Yeah, I, I mean, that is just, that's incredible. That really is incredible. And I'm, I'm, I'm so pleased because if there's, if there's, any, if there's any UK band that that you know that deserve from from you know the metal scene. Not that Motorhead were a metal band. I've got to be very careful in saying that. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I can't think of a more a more fitting, a more quintessential British band, if you like, from the heavier side of things to be playing Glastonbury. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, I, I know the band members were very proud of that. Um, so you know, and it was a great experience for them too. You know. Uh, I mean, obviously, they, they would play it uh, for large crowds uh, many times. The Wacken festivals, you know, were always great. Um, the backstage areas were the best of any festivals I've ever seen. I um, mean, it was like a five-star treatment, uh, truly. Um, and they were great occasions, too. Um, you know, so... Uh, huh. But, yeah, and of course, the, the bonus for super fans was, um, you know, we, from time to time, you would meet um, interesting people. You know, and that was that was great. Yeah, you and meet much too. You, you meet interesting people like Dave Grohl and end up having him barbecue some food for you. 
Yeah, he actually, before the show, when we met, he remembered us from L.A. and said, come, come down before the show. And uh, we had a little fan club presentation for him, uh, like a, a motorhead dagger. And uh, he said, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm doing a party uh, after the show and I'm cooking the food and you're invited. So that's how that went, you know. That's, so. Yeah, that's absolutely yeah. brilliant. That really is. Um, yeah. and, and, and I guess, yeah, being it sounds like, you know, being being close to Motorhead, being close to Lemmy was was almost like a um, a, a backstage pass of sorts that 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 worked anywhere. It's, it, do you know what I mean? It sounds like almost like a magic key. Yeah, it was always. But I think we always sort of said to ourselves, you know, you're very privileged um, to to experience this, and we always had our feet on the ground, really, because um, you know. Ultimately, you were a guest, and it was their home away from home. You know, we wouldn't just uh, sit in the dressing room and grab a drink. We would ask if we weren't offered one, and most of the time we were offered one, those kind of things, you know. Um, but, but there were also people who would do those things or would take a Mars bar or something, you know, and, and that was, you know, we never did any of that. And so those things, I think, are also important, you know. Absolutely, and I think, and and again, I think you know, people people listening will, uh, will 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 be nodding their heads at that point because it is incredibly important. Well, it's 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 just manners, isn't it? And and this phrase you keep using about it being their their home away from home is so true. You might only be in a dressing room of a venue for one night, but that's yeah. that's that's your room, that's your lounge, that's your front room, and people forget that. Yeah, absolutely, and I mean, we're very privileged because we've seen numerous. Uh, countless uh, sound checks, you know, and sound checks were always interesting because from time to time they would play songs that they, that they never, never play live in the set. You know, I mean, we heard uh, songs about Pink Floyd, Dire Straits, even the whole full album version of Whole Lot of Rosie of ACDC once. Only ever once heard that, but I mean, I wish it was recorded, you know. <laughs> it was one of those. And, um, and Black Sabbath, Phil Campbell used to play a lot of Black Sabbath um, you know, it was, it was fantastic, you know, and, and to experience that was was uh, was great because uh, we we were very privileged uh, in that respect to uh, to be able to see that. That's yeah, I mean that's that's incredible. That's incredible. Dire Straits. I've got to ask. I've got to ask. What yeah. what particular Dire Straits song? Money for nothing. Right. Okay. Right. Yeah. yeah. It had to be really, yeah. didn't it? Another brick in the wall. You wouldn't think, would you? Yeah, Pink no. Floyd. Yeah, there's another one. Yeah, oh, symptom of universe, sweet leaf. Oh, symptom. Motet version of oh god, Motet yeah. version of symptom of the universe. Oh wow, that's yeah. uh, that's getting yeah. me salivating. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, and 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 lots of those those things are priceless. Yeah, and um, yeah, you have to remember that you're there and sort of pinch yourself one of those moments. And we had many of those. I mean, uh, another great event uh, that I must mention, uh, um, I was invited uh, together with my wife for, for uh, the Golden Gods in, in L.A. in um, 2010. And it was an award ceremony in, um, in L.A. And uh, they didn't have a red carpet, they had a black carpet. But we were um, asked to report uh, in the afternoon. And... Um, we were sitting in a dressing room, and I'm not kidding you, uh, with Dave Grohl, with Slash, uh, with Ronnie James Dio, with uh, Miles Kennedy, um, singer from Wolf Mother, can't remember his name, 
Um, <laughs> yeah. So, and then of course in, in, the, in the evening there was uh, there were performances. Lemmy got a special award, and he also played uh, Ace of Spades with um, Slash on guitar and um, Dave Grohl on drums. I, I am still, I'm still picturing that that dressing room as you reeled the names off. As each, as yeah. each, as you meant, I, I was just sat here picturing it in my head. The, yeah. or, I mean, th- there are some of the, there are some of the big. Well, just Ronnie Dio for a start. I mean, you know, what a guy, what a legend, and then all of those others. That's, uh, just, just hanging out. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Halford was there as well. The oh, you yeah. make you're, you're you're making this worse. I mean, sorry, better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, great stuff. Yeah, and uh, uh, hopefully that all that stuff will be released one day. Hopefully, hopefully, yeah. hopefully. I mean, did you? I I I, I know you said uh, you. Well, I guess you didn't get round to ever having a chance to record any of those kind of those uh, sound check moments or anything like that. No, the only thing I was allowed ever to, to do was for my 50th birthday, and I specifically asked. Um, that was uh, the World is Yours tour. Um, the favorite track on, or my favorite track on, on that album was Brother of the Man, and um, I actually asked them to play it in a sound check. Uh, and that was before Lem came on stage, but um, uh, Phil and uh, Mickey, Julie, uh, um, Sort of arranged that, and um, they allowed me to uh, to film it with a very little camera. <laughs> hey, that was the only time, but I asked, and those are all sort of things, you know. So it was very important to do that. That's that's amazing. So do you um, yeah. do you have you have you got that um, that film sort of you know tucked away somewhere? Oh, absolutely, yeah. And if I mean, if 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 uh, the band would authorize or the management would authorize it to ever. Uh, release with any of the reissues uh, through uh, uh, BMG and of course or through uh, Silver Lining is the other one now that used to be UDR and obviously then um, then they are more than welcome to uh, to use it but uh, alternatively it will not go anywhere Wow, wow that's, that's, that's incredible and again I, I, the fact that you haven't just as most people would, I've got to be honest. The fact that you haven't just stuck it on YouTube um, no. is is speaks volumes. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean those are the things that is part of, let's say, uh, the friendship and the trust that we we have. You wouldn't do things like that. you never abuse it. Ever. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Sorry. And yeah. Um, and and speaking of speaking of the reissues and everything, um, uh, I, I understand you have a pretty uh, a pretty amazing slash vast. Um, collection of Motorhead bits and pieces. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's very nice together with a friend of mine, uh, Nick Stevens, and we're, we're involved also in the uh, reissue projects as, as consultants. We've been asked uh, both by the Motorhead management and VMG um, to to assist, which is uh, you know a wonderful adventure. And um, we're just sort of trying to look at it from a, a fans uh, or super fan perspective and say, what would you like to see? So they're very open to to our input and and ideas, um, and it could be little things like you know a, a particular track in a live set that's uh, that was rarely played and it's on a particular album, as will be the case with the Ace of Spades uh, box set. Um, you know, it's, it's little things, yeah, and um, yeah, some rare tracks uh, that were found in the vaults and stuff like that. So we we know what what what's been released and what's not been released. So. 
we can be be helpful there. Same with like newspaper articles, magazine articles, uh, you name it. You know, we've got a lot of uh, that stuff, and um, you know, uh, they've always looked after us. So if we can can help and support. Uh, be happy to do that. That's that's really nice because it's 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 great as well that with these with these reissues the fact that it's such a um, it's such a three hundred and sixty degree kind of team behind putting them together. It's the motorhead management. It's the you know it's the label and and getting you guys in as well to help curate it all. I think is it just means that the end product is is so much more. It's just it's just genuine. Yeah, absolutely. And Lemmy used to say, well, you know, uh, make sure you guys get involved because they helps the legacy going. So, you know, those were his little words. So, um, and, and uh, you know, I'm sure he's looking down from above and, you know, admired uh, the uh, uh, 79 box set that came out last year, which was excellent. Uh, and, um, I mean, I can tell you the Ace of Spades one will be even better if that's possible, but... You know, it's 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 a wonderful piece of art. Made. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm 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 really getting a feel for that as well. Um, having seen the pictures and and spoken to the label, it's and management. I know that they want they want the um, they want all of them to be something that people experience. It's not just you know. It's not just something that you, you you stick on and listen to. There's there's a whole experience the minute you open that box. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, this one, the new one's got a Western theme, and it was very well done by um, you know um, uh, Miles and and the BMG uh, team, and also Stefan, yeah, for for the guidance and ideas, and you know, well, it should look like this, and then and then you sort of put the thing together, and um, and I think it's amazing. You know, really amazing job what these guys have done. Yeah, and um, and as for your as for your own collection, um, I yeah. mean, yeah, uh, presumably you've it ranges from memorabilia to you know limited editions and and all the rest of it. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a, a wide spectrum, yeah, of stuff. Yeah, so it could be um, uh, test pressings, uh, you know, releases, worldwide releases of, of albums, uh, CDs, DVDs, you name it. So it's uh, yeah, it's uh, quite considerable. Hmm. And uh, and it sounds like that you have that you know Motorhead was ve- was was very much um, and still is um, a, a big part of your life. Um, so it's it's and you're still in touch with you're still in touch with 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 Phil and Mickey to this day. So is it, you 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 still hook up when you get a chance to see them? Well, yeah. I mean, if if we can um, let's say go and attend the, the concerts if they close, and um, then um, let's say certainly uh, we'll do that. I've seen uh, Campbell a few times over the years, and same with Mickey, uh, which is nice. And um, you know, we still get the same. Uh, treatment which uh, tells you a lot about the people they are and uh, that's much appreciated also yeah um, and of course yeah um, they've got their own projects now but um, good luck to them you know they're good people absolutely and, and again that's that's the, the the thread that runs through all of these interviews is you know what what good people you know they're Everybody who just about everybody who's been involved with Motorhead is. I think when you know when the band are all so genuine, then they make sure that the people they surround themselves with are are, are also those kind of people. 
Yeah, I, I would assume so. I think you know everybody that was involved with it, it was a true family, and everybody uh, got on. And um, you know, um, over the years, we had great times with a lot of the people that were involved with Motorhead. Um, so it was fantastic. You know, so uh, I'm I'm truly grateful for um, for the fact that they gave me that opportunity. And um, you know, amazing experiences. You could write a book. It was amazing. Are you well? I've got to. I've got to ask. So, are you tempted to write a book? I don't know. Several, several people have told me to do that, but um, <laughs> who knows? Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's, it's probably finding the time to even do that. But um, of course, we've got amazing experiences over the years, and only good. Yeah. So, which is, um, I think, very important also. Well, yeah, and I think you've got a you've got a real um, you've got a real unique perspective as well because it's like a fan's eye view, but from 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 backstage and out front of house. Yeah, everything. Yeah, the whole the whole say picture of let's say what it was like. Um, you know, to 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 sort of uh, almost like being in, uh, involved in a, in a rock and roll band yourself. Um, but obviously not not playing um, the actual songs, yeah. But mostly experience everything else around it, yeah. Yeah, and uh, and without having to do any of the work, so quite a quite a nice um, quite a nice way to experience it. Well, this is what I always said. You know, you got to sort of um, appreciate um, and, and 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 respect uh, the position that you're in when you're. Um, sort of in, in, in the vicinity of, of a motorway concert or, or privately or whatever that um, I think that's very important and I think uh, I, I, I'd like to think that we always did that Absolutely and, and uh, do you know what the more I, th- the more I think about it I'm I, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb here and say that you know people listening will be will be sat there going, please write the book, write the book. We want all the stories. We want all the details. Well, you would never get all the stories because uh, even if it ever happened, um, let's say uh, it would be uh, very much focused on. Uh, on, on, on sort of what I'm telling you about Motorhead now, yeah. um, and, and and let's say that's how I see it. And uh, I'm like I said, I'm very grateful for having had that opportunity and given the trust um, to be to be in that environment. And and I've learned so much from it, and made a lot of good friends from it. And um, you know that is what ultimately is important uh, for me. You know, so and and also I I think it's uh, you know. All from such strange, even bizarre beginnings. You know, you were in the UK. You got onto a, you know, you got onto a mainstream um, game show, and by yeah. by doing that and by be willing to sort of put yourself out there, um, you ended up meeting one of your heroes and 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 becoming friends. That's you know, it's just it's just such a crazy story. I love it. Yeah, and and let's say, of course, it, it is great, and to get uh, also to get that chance and opportunity to appear on the show. But for me, uh, it wasn't about appearing live on TV. It was for me, it was about meeting Lemmy. If that meant doing it live on TV, okay, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the important thing was uh, to meet Lemmy, and um, you know, it was a hero of mine ever since you know '79, really, when I first uh, became a fan, and and then of course. Um, a friendship develops over the years, you know, and that is um, that's a great thing. But also, friendships, like any other friendships, are based on 
on trust and you know um, and also actually you know when you are when you spend time together um, we weren't talking about like, oh what's your favorite track or you know from time to time things came up about modad but there was a lot of other stuff that we talked about he was a very intelligent man so you could have you know uh, interesting conversations with him and uh, and he, he seemed to like that as well you know? Yeah, I've I've heard that, and um, yeah, and an avid reader, but also a, a, a great conversationalist, and and if anything, yeah. you know, were, you know, really was was at home with any subject. Absolutely, and uh, very humorous and very witty, and you know, great sense of humor. It was uh, it was just great, but courteous as well as as a man. I remember um, once um, did an interview. I think it was. 2008, yeah, I think it was it was in um, with, with uh, in in London with uh, Bruce Dickinson. I think it was for Bruce Dickinson had a radio show interviewed Lemmy yeah. as part of the album, and I was there. And, and also um, my good friend, and, and it was Lemmy's um, uh, PR lady. Uh, I'm not sure if I say the right thing here, but um, she basically. Uh, was the representative of the uh, record label, but very much involved with Modad and also in the management. A great person, great personality, and um, she uh, she was there as well. And um, I don't know what happened, but um, after the interview, we went down in the uh, elevator and back down, and, and, and Lem turned around to me and he said, well, Rob, one of the reasons I like you is because you open doors for women. And he must have seen me doing that. I don't know. I mean, you know, but he actually commented on it. And, that, uh, you know, you do a double take and you think, like, what? And, um, yeah, that was what he was like, you know, as a human being. He noticed uh, things like that that were important to him. And, again, that's, that speaks to what we were talking about earlier about about that uh, the, the manners, you know, just just yeah. having good manners and and being polite Seemed to seem well, to seem to make a real impression on him, and it was very important to him. Yeah, it was, and he, he would often say, "Good manners cost nothing," you know. Yeah, yeah, and and it's 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 funny because I think I think the perception of Lemmy of how he looked and who he was from from the outside, certainly from you know mainstream, if you like, the mainstream media, etc. Yeah. It, it it couldn't be more different to the reality. No, I, I, there, there is that, but I think the record label did a really good job, um, let's say, of, of, of changing that perception. And also, it was trendy to wear Moda t-shirts. They were being sold in H and M. I think this was in the, from I don't know, two thousand and four or something onwards. Um, so all that changed, and he 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 appeared on on mainstream programs and stuff. Um, so not only in England but also in Germany quite regularly. And, and other parts of the world, but the whole band did. And I think, you know, the perception of Motorhead as, as individuals uh, changed over the years. You know, they were actually looked upon as, say, you know, legends and, and, and heroes and icons, you know. And maybe in, in the 70s or 80s, that wasn't sort of the case. Yeah, yeah, the, a band, well, they, quite simply, pioneers, you know, as I've said on this yeah. podcast before, the... The possibly the loudest, heaviest rock and roll band to ever ever exist. Yeah, and I think also you know the people involved on, from the management side also did a fantastic job on on guiding them through their whole career because also in 
in the 90s, it wasn't always easy for them, you know. And, of course, you had a loyal fan base that supported that, but you need good people to, to help you. And, uh, and, again, that was a family spirit right, right there. Yeah, and um, and and I mean every band has its its lean years and its and its its fallow period where things aren't going their way or you know they're not flavor of the month. But but you know the thing about Motorhead is you could always there was always another Motorhead album on the way. Yeah, absolutely, and um, you know, and and they always say, okay, well, we just do the album, and if you like it, good. If you don't like it, we don't care. <laughs> so. Um, but of course, uh, it's a very loyal fan base, and um, they always liked it and had their own opinions and their own favorites, and that always happens, and that's good. Um, and sometimes, you know, um, I remember there was one, one particular track I said, oh, I don't like that one on that album. And said, Well, uh, keep listening to it, it might grow on you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I will sp- well, speaking yeah. of which, when you you've mentioned favourites there, um, you know, do do you have a uh, a particular favourite um, album or a particular favourite tour or or or, or even a, a particular favourite just to sort of you know period of of time in their career? Um, I, I I like the whole career because I think as a band, you know, they evolved and let's say they may may have been. More, more popular, um, sort of in in the late seventies, uh, early eighties, you know, the high charts, etc. But then um, in the two thousands, they also managed to get number ones in in Germany, in particular. So, um, and if you talk about favorite albums, of course, Overkill is always my favorite. It was my first one, and and um, it's the one that I still like very much. But they're also Ace of Spades. Uh, is, is an obvious one but also like the likes of Bastards in 93 and um, 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 what's it called uh, Inferno in 2004 that was another particular favourite of mine but also like Aftershock in 2013 yeah so there were a lot of good bands yeah well, well, a yeah, lot of good albums but like you say as well you know you're your first love never leaves you. It will always have that place in your heart. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, that's what first got into you. It's nostalgia as much as anything. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but I, know. I I still like it. I still play it regularly. Yeah. Oh, look, man, that's that, that's awesome. Look, I, uh, Robert, I, I, I can't thank you enough for taking the time and doing this. I really do appreciate it. Um, and, You're very welcome. And and thank you for sharing all of these these wonderful memories and uh, and and the time you spent. I kind of feel like you were a sort of um, a sort of fans representative. Well, I mean that's uh, I wouldn't put it like that. I mean there was a handful of people. Um, there was a good friend of mine, Nick Stevenson, myself. We did a lot together. A couple of English guys. There was a uh, a few good uh, German fans. So. Um, you would often see uh, the same people, and uh, also that was a family. You would stand together either at the mixing desk to watch a show or on stage. So there was always a good spirit between everybody, and uh, I think that was important as well. I think we all played, uh, uh, you know, a good and important part in that to uh, keep the flag flying for uh, the Motorhead Bangers. That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, look, I th- once again, thank you very much for taking the time. Really appreciate it, mate. Well, thank you, Howard, and uh, pleasure talking to you. And you, sir. Thank you very much for taking the time. Thanks. Have a good one. You too. 
And that was that. I hope you enjoyed listening to that as much as I enjoyed doing it. I say that every time and I mean it every time. And um, really enjoyed talking to Robert. And we've, uh, we've exchanged uh, a few WhatsApps since then as well. Um, and, uh, and I know we'll be listening. So uh, thank you very much again for doing that, Robert. Thank you to everybody who's downloaded, streamed, subscribed, all of you listening to this, because you're quite simply making this podcast a success. We didn't know what to expect um, when we launched this, but certainly the figures that we're getting definitely means that we must be doing something right. I guess we've just got to figure out what that is. So uh, anyway, thank you very much for, for joining me on the Motorcast. More stories and more podcasts will be coming your way in two weeks' time. So don't forget to subscribe wherever you are and make sure that that episode comes straight to you. Speak to you next time on the official Motorhead podcast, The Motorcast. I don't say agreed. The only gun I need is the ace of spades. The ace of spades.